Would you go ahead and grab a seat? Hey, can we just thank our worship team? What amazing job they do. God bless you guys. Hey, this morning we are going to be talking about generosity. And when I mention the word generosity, let me just say to you, I'm, I'm talking about the fourth of the five Gs. We're asking God to make us 5G disciples, right? Our, our vision is to wake the world up to Jesus, and part of that means asking Jesus to wake us up to who we are in him. And part of who we are is, is just beings that he created uh, in his image and that means running through the very DNA of our soul is just this, this desire uh, for generosity. Uh, we're made for it, designed for it, equipped for it. But even as I say the word generosity, I know not all of you are right there. I'm not right there a whole lot of the time. The reality is when we hear the word generosity, uh, what, what do we think of? I know at times I'm thinking of, you're probably maybe thinking of, uh, okay, wait a minute, you're gonna be talking about giving away something that I have, that I need, that I want, that I can't afford to give. But is it, is it possible? I mean, what if, what if? This whole idea that, man, I can't afford to be generous is the lie that we bought into? And what if the reality is we can't afford not to be generous? I mean, think about it. What if it's really possible that as a new creation that Jesus has actually rewired the DNA of our soul? And what he's saying is, so, so when we give, what happens is our soul thrives, our soul breathes. When we're giving, it's like we're a fish in the water and our soul is just happy. But, but it's when we're not generous that we're like a fish out of water. We're a fish flopping around on the bank. Our soul is just starved for oxygen. What if, what if, what if when Jesus said, it's more, it's more blessed to give than to receive? What if he, he wasn't so much giving us a command, you better be generous, you better give. What if instead, what if he was just actually describing who we are as a new creation in him? What if he's saying, hey, it is blessed to receive. And can we just all acknowledge that when he says it's more blessed to give than receive, he's not saying it's not blessing, it's not a blessing to receive. Can we just all say amen to the fact that we all love to receive? Can we say amen to that? But what if Jesus is saying, no, 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 uh, what I'm trying to get you to understand is when I say it's more blessed to give than receive is your soul thrives, your soul gets excited when you receive, but your soul gets even more excited when you are actually giving what if what Jesus is getting at is he's saying, you know what, you, your soul is, is just so much more excited, thrilled, fulfilled when you're giving to someone else who's in need or you're giving to the work of the kingdom of God rather than just opening one more package from Amazon. What if that's what Jesus is getting at when he says, it really is more blessed to give than receive. And you add to that fact that scholars uh, suggest that 15% of everything Jesus said relates to, 15% of everything he says in the Gospels relates to money, possessions, wealth. I mean, think about Zacchaeus. 
Zacchaeus gets radically saved, right? And immediately Zacchaeus goes, okay, Jesus, here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna give away half of all of my possessions and I'm only reserving half. You gotta understand, Jesus, because then anyone that I've defrauded, I'm gonna pay them back four times what I defrauded them of. And Jesus' response, did you catch it? Whoa, salvation has come to this house what if Jesus is saying there, and by the way, he is not saying, what if he's not saying, okay, boy, Zacchaeus just bought his way into the kingdom of heaven. He is not saying that. What if Jesus is saying, you know that Zacchaeus is born, has been born again. You know that Zacchaeus is a new creation because look, I wrote into the DNA of his soul this generosity and you're seeing him demonstrate that generosity. See, what if Jesus, when it comes to generosity, really is saying this. Generosity isn't as much of a command from Jesus to follow as it is an indicator that one is a follower of Jesus. Uh, hold on to that for just a moment. Do you believe that? I, I, wanna, I wanna see. Uh, could we just say amen to that? Let, let's think about it. Generosity isn't much, as much of a command to follow as it is an indication that man, you are a new creation and written into the DNA of your soul is just this desire for generosity. If you believe that statement, would you just say amen right now? That's like 25% of us. I want the rest of y'all to pray about that and think about that as I read these words of Jesus, okay? Let's, let's just kind of listen up. This is our text for the day, just so you know. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and thieves break in and steal, but lay up treasure for yourself. I love that. Jesus is so practical, so real. He goes, hey, just so you know, I want you to lay up treasure for yourself. And then he adds, in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, where thieves do not break in and steal. And let's all declare this together. The words of Jesus for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Here's what I hear Jesus saying. Be rich toward God, not just yourself. Now, now why do I say not just yourself? Because I'm, I'm going back to the words of Jesus. Hey, it's more blessed to give than receive. It's a blessing to receive. It's just your soul thrives more, gets more joy, more satisfaction, uh, more benefit out of giving. And so what I hear him saying is we put those two sayings of Jesus together is be rich toward God, not just yourself. Let's break that down. Don't settle for generosity just towards yourself. He says, don't lay up for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and thieves break in and steal. He says, don't, don't just store your gathered treasure up on earth. Why? Because he says, you can't keep it. It's gonna be 100% loss. Uh, makes sense, right? Who among us wants to hire a financial advisor who, uh, here's their big sales pitch. It's not, hey, if you'll just invest with me, let me tell you something. Uh, on average, my clients uh, get about a 10% return on their money. And he's certainly not saying, hey, listen, invest with me. And I'm telling you, I mean, uh, pretty much I can guarantee you a 50% gain on your investment. No, no, no. Who would want a financial advisor that says, invest with me? You gotta invest with me. Listen, I'll make this guarantee to you. I'll put it in writing. Every penny you invest 
there's gonna be 100% loss on your investment. You'll lose every penny. Come on, how much do you wanna invest? 100, 200, 1,000, 10,000. We don't want that kind of investment, right? And, and, and here's what Jesus is saying. It makes no sense to store up treasure that you can't keep. Well, let's say it, you own a, a house at the beach, and there's this Category 5 hurricane that's coming, and you just know, I don't know how you know it's an illustration work with me here, okay? And you just know that your house is right in the path of this Cat 5 hurricane. And you know it's gonna arrive in three days. And you know your house is going to be leveled. I mean, right down to the foundation. How many of you would, would immediately leave the service and race down there to your beach house and line up the workmen and you say, man, before that Cat 5 hurricane comes, I've gotta get those new wood floors in. Now, I gotta, get the, I gotta get the drapes replaced. I wanna change the lighting. I want it more modern. I, I wanna paint the living room. I mean, would we do that? No, we're not gonna do that because we know in three days' time, it's going to be a total loss. And Jesus is saying when he says, don't lay up your treasure exclusively on earth, what he's saying is the indication that your soul is in dire straits is when you understand that this world is passing away, the Cat 5 hurricane is on its way and it's going to be a total loss and yet you spend all of your time focused on, I gotta get the floors replaced, I gotta get the walls painted, I gotta get a little more in my retirement account, I gotta get a little more saved up, I, I, I'm gonna get all I can and I'm gonna can all I get and then I'm gonna sit on the can. And he says, that's an indication that your soul is not thriving. So he says, don't settle for generosity exclusively towards yourself. And the second thing he tells us is this, embrace generosity towards God, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Anybody besides me uh, just kind of money-minded enough that it kind of excites you that Jesus says, I am for you laying up treasure for yourself. I am pro-treasure. I am pro-gathering up all you can and canning all you get. I am for that. As a matter of fact, I am so for you gathering up treasure for yourself. I'm not just suggesting it. I'm actually commanding you to do it. This is a command from on high. Gather up treasure for yourself. But then he adds, in heaven. Hmm. How do we store up treasure in heaven? Think about the great commandment, love God, love others. We store up treasure in heaven by giving to God and by giving to others. We store up treasure in heaven when we give the tithe. We store up treasure when we give to a ministry. We store up treasure when we give our time and our talent to the work of the kingdom of God. I know ladies in our church who work in our CDC, and they're not working for the money, I can assure you, amen? Now listen to me. They're giving time and they're giving talent. Why? Because it's not a child daycare center. It's a, it's a children's development. It's, it's, it, they love kids and they love 
introducing these kids to the love of Jesus. And I'm telling you, they're investing time and they're investing talent and they are storing up treasure in heaven when they do so. And you've got to understand something. Their treasure that they're piling up, you and I are going to be going up to them in heaven going, hey, uh, hey, can you, can, you, can you spare a few bucks? See, it's when we give to God and, and then also when we give to others, to the widow, the orphan. One person has written, anything we keep, we lose. Anything we put into God's hands will be ours for eternity. Um, you've heard and I've heard the old joke, you'll never see a hearse pulling a U-Haul. A lot of truth to that. But listen, listen to what one writes. You can't take it with you but you can send it on ahead. Don't settle for generosity exclusively towards yourself. That's not who God made you. You're gonna be a fish out of water. Your soul is gonna be starved for oxygen. Instead, be rich toward God and understand this. Your heart always follows your treasure. Isn't that what Jesus said? For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Wherever you invest your time, wherever you invest your talent, wherever you invest your treasure, I'm telling you, your heart will follow. I've seen this just in an area where I've invested time. I am playing fantasy football this year for the very first time. I admit it right up front. I've been slightly, quietly judgmental towards those who play fantasy football. What a waste of time until I started playing this year. And now I'm hooked. Now, it's an investment of time. I'm telling you, I'm investing time. I'd like to tell you I'm investing talent, but, but I'm just telling you I'm investing a lot of time. And, and, and it takes some time, okay? I mean, I've got to, you know, when my guys are underperforming on my team, I have to set them on the bench and then activate someone else, right? And, and you gotta check the waiver wires. You gotta make sure you've got the best defense. And, and, and I've gotta tell you, I'm not bragging. I'm just telling you the truth. I'm doing pretty good. Right now, I'm one and four. And out of 10 teams in my league, I'm sitting in a very strong position. I'm in ninth place. And before you laugh, that means I'm beating someone. I don't want to throw anyone under the bus, but his name is Trace Jones, just so you know. <laughs> but, but I'm telling you, I'm investing time and my heart is following. Uh, did you know, for example, my quarterback is Lamar Jackson. He plays for the Baltimore Ravens. Did you know that he's playing in London this morning? And before I started preaching, I will confess to you, I got my phone out and I checked to see how Lamar Jackson is doing. Because my heart is strangely following after the place that I'm investing some time. Did you know it's the same thing with eternal things? When you begin to invest in the kingdom of God, you begin to care about making disciples and then you begin to care about those who become a disciple of Jesus getting baptized and then you really begin to care about teaching them how to obey all that Jesus has commanded them to do. 
It's amazing how your, your, your heart follows. And then you begin to care about experiencing the low, I'm with you always presence of God. You, you begin to care about the effectiveness of the ministries here at the Heights. You begin to uh, fall deeply in love with the ministers at the Heights, with, with the other uh, people who are here at the Heights. See, when you invest in the kingdom of God, it's amazing how your heart follows and you care more about the lost and spiritual matters and eternity and reading your Bible and praying and confessing your sin because it's amazing how your heart follows your treasure. So Jesus says, don't, don't invest your generosity in yourself exclusively. Invest your generosity in the kingdom of God and your heart will follow. If that makes sense, I wanna try to conclude. Um, it's a long conclusion. Please don't get excited. So I wanna conclude by just giving you two investment strategies for a kingdom economy. I mean, if, you, if you're like, okay, wait a minute, I do want to lay up treasure for myself, and Jesus says lay it up in heaven, that's kind of a kingdom economy. Uh, here's two investment strategies to keep in mind. Number one, invest in your home, not your rental. You know this world is not our home, right? You know this world is fallen, it is broken, and you know that Jesus is coming back, and when Jesus comes back, I mean, there's going to be this thousand-year reign of Jesus Christ, and at the end of that reign, there's gonna be Armageddon and a bunch of stuff I don't understand, and then Jesus is going to just do away with this world, and he's gonna create a new heaven and a new earth. This world is passing away. This world is not our home. So in the meantime, as the Bible says, we are strangers and exiles on this earth. Why is it so important that we understand that because here's the reality. We store our treasure where we think our home is. Let me prove the point. Right now, some of our young adults over here are renting an apartment, but they don't want to live in an apartment the rest of their life. They're renting an apartment while they're saving up. And you've been there. I've been there. We've done this, right? I lived in a parsonage until I was well into my 30s because we were saving up to buy a home. Now, if you're living in an apartment and you've got a little bit of extra money, do you take that money and do you put it over here in this savings account so that you can then build it up so you have a down payment for a home? Or if you've got extra money and you're living in an apartment, do you go, no, 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 I want some new carpet. And I want the living room painted. Do you invest the money in your apartment or do you invest the money in your future home? You and I both know what you do and we know what I would do. And that's what Jesus is telling us. This world is not our home. This world is our apartment. So pile up your treasure where your home is. Second investment strategy is this. Number one, invest in your home, not your rental. Number two, don't try to buy happiness. It's good advice, right? I mean, Jesus, we've already looked at his words. We find more joy in what we give than in what we get. And the truth is, money can't buy happiness and you're rolling your eyes going, I know, I know, I know, but money could buy me a boat and a Yeti, ice down, some Diet Cokes. I know, but, but, but don't try to buy happiness. Listen to, listen to what some of, the richest people in history have said about money and happiness. The care of 200 million is enough to kill anyone. There is no pleasure in it. A man by the name of Vanderbilt. 
I've made many millions, but they've brought me no happiness. Man named Rockefeller. I was happier when doing a mechanic's job. Henry Ford. Isn't it amazing how our stuff can begin to rob our joy? How many of us have dreamed of owning like a second home at the beach or a second home in the mountains, and then you get that second home, and, and here's what I suspect. You'd begin to realize, oh, wait, 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 wait. There's taxes, there's, there's fees, uh, there's maintenance, there's upkeep, and oh, I've gotta make a trip. I don't necessarily wanna go to the beaches, but I gotta go make a trip and check on that place. I gotta meet the repairman. It's amazing how we get stuff, and then all of a sudden our stuff begins to rob us of our joy. We want jewelry and we want diamonds, but then you get jewelry and diamonds and, and my guess is then you begin to think, well, wait a minute, I gotta, I gotta store that stuff. I gotta secure that stuff. I gotta insure that stuff. And you spend time worrying about keeping that safe. I mean, uh, you, you think about a wardrobe. I want an upgraded wardrobe. See, I don't worry about that. And y'all are all thinking, we know, we know. Well, why, why would I worry about it? Because, I mean, here's the reality. Jesus himself said, you upgrade your wardrobe and then all of a sudden it just begins to rob you of your joy because the moths come in and eat it. But we all know the truth is long before the moths can get to your wardrobe, your wardrobe gets out of style, right? And then you gotta upgrade it all over again and it becomes, becomes kind of a drag. Same thing with I want a nicer car. You get that nicer car and that nicer car still gets door dings and cracked windshields. Here's something I read that makes so much sense. Nothing makes a journey more difficult than a heavy backpack filled with nice but unnecessary things. Think about that a minute. So many of us have this backpack. And we put all of these cool things in this backpack, never realizing that as we make this journey of faith, that backpack is filled with a lot of unnecessary things that makes our hike through this life more difficult. So what am I inviting you to do? Be rich toward God, not just yourself. Where do we start? I would recommend you start with the tithe. That's what Malachi taught us, right? Uh, will a man rob God, yet you are robbing me? How are we robbing you, God? In your tithes and contributions. The tithe means tenth. And Jesus, by the way, taught tithing. You remember he's talking to the scribes, the Pharisees, and he calls them a bunch of hypocrites, and he talks about how you tithe mint and dill and cumin, all these things that you grow and then sell for a profit. He says you tithe religiously on your income, but you neglect the weightier matters of law, justice, and mercy, and these you ought to have done. Yes, you ought to be giving your tithe because your treasure leads your heart. But he says, not to the exclusion of, of justice and mercy and faithfulness to God in every other area of your life. I read this as well, and it made total sense. I read it in Randy Alcorn's book, The Treasure Principle. I'd read it years ago, reread it in preparation for this sermon. He makes a statement. Every, every New Testament example of generosity, every New Testament example, of generosity is an example of going beyond the tithe, and so he makes this statement. In a kingdom economy, tithing isn't the ceiling on giving, it's the floor. I'm inviting you to do two things. Number one, 
Be generous towards God. How you do that? Start with the tithe. But number two, if you're sitting there going, there's no way I can give God 10% out of my paycheck. Are you crazy? All right, then my suggestion to you would be this. Take a step of faith. Isn't that what Malachi said? Put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts. He's quoting God. He's saying, hey, I got this from on high. Put God to the test. Take a step of faith. For some of you who give nothing to the work of the kingdom of God, that would mean that you start giving something. For those of you who give something, I mean, God blesses you. You come in. You're very excited about God, and you give something to God. Great. If, if that's you, you're giving something, then move from something to giving specifically. Another other words, a percentage. Maybe it's 2% or 4% or 5% and then put God to the test. Okay, if I trust you with 5% of what you give to me, I, okay, we'll see how that goes. Or maybe you're already giving specific, then move from specific to the tithe. Maybe you're already giving the tithe, then move from the tithe to spirit-led giving. Now, as you're sitting there thinking about, am I gonna do that or not? I, I wanna just give you a series of quotes to think about. Again, from Randy Alcor in The Treasure Principle. A study that he did on Ecclesiastes chapter five, and I really do just kind of conclude with this. He, he gives some incredible translations of Ecclesiastes five. Listen to this. For example, whoever loves money never has enough. Translation, the more you have, the more you want. Whoever loves wealth is never satisfied with his income. Translation, the more you have, the less you are satisfied. As goods increase, so do those who consume them. Translation, the more you have, the more people will come after it. The sleep of a laborer is sweet, whether he eats little or much, but the abundance of a rich man permits him no sleep. Translation, the more you have, the more you have to worry about. Or wealth lost through some misfortune. Translation, the more you have, the more you have to lose. Final one, naked a man comes from his mother's womb, and as he comes, so he departs. He takes nothing from his labor that he can carry in his hand. Translation, the more you have, the more you'll leave behind. You know, as Gary talks about those things, uh, I wonder if you're listening and you're just going, ooh, that, that kind of stings a little bit. Maybe, maybe, that's, maybe that's me a little bit. Uh, and if that's you, I just want to encourage you. Maybe today is a day that you take a step of faith. Maybe today is a day that you go from not giving anything to giving something, or giving something to giving a tithe, or giving a tithe to doing something amazing with your money, uh, an abundance. And, and, and I wanna tell you, it, it, for the, our church, October 1st is the beginning of the church year. And, and there would be no better time than to start to give than right now. Right now, currently in our church, we have 237 people that give in a reoccurring way. So they set it up automatically, and, it, and, and it's taken out of their check every single, out of their account every single month. That is super helpful. That is 24% of our annual budget. Our budget is 6750000 
24% of it is given just by people that set up recurring giving. That also equals the 25% of our givers. That is incredibly helpful for us. And I'm gonna encourage you today, would you consider becoming one of our recurring givers if you're not doing that? It's helpful for a couple reasons. Number one, it helps you because it's just automatic. And you know in your bone of bones that you're doing exactly what the Lord has commanded and what the scripture teaches and that you're giving. That's how I give. And number two, it helps our church because we are able to really plan our giving throughout the year. It's really helped us to track our gifts throughout the year and it helps spread out our gifts throughout the year. So we're able to steward better uh, with these recurring gifts. And so I'm gonna challenge you today, if you're not already doing that, would you consider doing that today? The question is, well, how do I do that? Well, if you just simply look up here, you can, you can uh, scan this QR code. You can just simply go to the heights.org forward slash give. That's where the QR code goes. All the details are there. It's super simple. If you have any questions, just call me. I'll be happy to walk you through that. But I would challenge you to consider that today. Now, I wanna walk out of here. We, we obviously wanna be a generous people. And man, you are a generous people. Thank you for how you give. We, we wanna be a generous people. We wanna be a people who give to our king. But more importantly than that, we wanna be a people who know our king. And, and there may be some people in here that do not have a relationship with our King Jesus. And we want you to understand that if you make a decision to repent of your sins and believe in your heart that he was raised from the dead and make a choice to follow him, that you will be his child and sealed forever, according to the scripture. You're not sure that's you. We would love to have a conversation with you. And so if you would go back to the back at the next step room, it's that glass room behind the sound booth, we will have staff, we will have church members that would love to engage you in a conversation about placing Jesus as your king and your Lord and your savior. Will you pray with me? Father, you are a good and a gracious God. You bless us tremendously. And Father, we wanna be a people that show our gratitude. We, we, we sang that song earlier. Gary preached that message. Father, we wanna be a generous people. And, and because of how you love us, we want to respond with lives of generosity. We, we wanna respond by giving our time and giving our talents and giving our treasures to you. Not because we have to, but because we are so thankful and grateful and you are our everything. And it's a joy for us. It's a joy for us to do this. So Father, I pray for our folks that as they leave this place, they will experience that joy and they will live in the midst of that joy. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen, you're dismissed.